The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Amen. Well, kiddos, thank you guys for worshiping with us. Y'all are dismissed back to your class. Um, so we'll let them scoot out. Um, thank you guys for worshiping with us. If you've got your Bible, we'll be in Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. And uh, I'm going to try and make it through today without crying. This is a special group of kids for Kristen and I. Um, we came here four years ago, and we came on May 15th. And two weeks later, we loaded up a bus headed to youth camp. And these were the incoming freshmen on that trip. And so there's some funny stories about uh, rooming situations and about that whole ordeal. Um, in, in going on that trip, but it's been so fun just to, to see these kids grow. And so when I look at them, then there's, there's huge leaps and bounds of seeing God's provision in their life and seeing God work in their life um, and seeing them grow to trust the Lord. And so it's been fun to walk for four years with them. And so as it's exciting talking to them about college and where they're going and, and what they're planning for and how much college is different than high school um, it also causes in me to think back about college and about the things that I learned in college. And so this morning we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, but uh, there's one story that always comes to mind when I think of college for me. I was a freshman, walked into my class, um, had enrolled in philosophy 1213. It met one of my gen ed requirements. Nothing special about that. I was a botany major. Yes, study of plants. Nothing to do with uh, ministry. And um, so I walk into philosophy 1213 and, uh, and I sit down in the room, huge lecture hall. And I sit down and the professor walks in, bearded guy, tall, slender, you know. Um, and he walks in and he sets his stuff down. And it was Dr. P. And he says, well... If you're a Christian and you get easily offended, you might want to drop this class. I was like, wow. Now, I was just arrogant enough and just prideful enough to be like, I'm not dropping this class. Just naive enough to think I'm not dropping this class. And so that memory of this class is embedded in my, my thoughts of college. Because it was through that semester, the class that I studied more for and read more for and prepared more for than any other class in college, that God taught me so much. I never thought that this was going to happen. I was just enrolling in a gen ed requirement. But God had a different plan. And so that's what we're going to see in this story is that God oftentimes takes just a regular old decision, something that we don't think much about, and through a trial or a storm or something, he turns these just normal decisions into life lessons that challenge us and encourage us to be faithful, that challenge us and encourage us to see him as the one who provides, that challenge us and encourage us to put our faith fully in him. So let's read this story one more time, and then we're going to look at it kind of like a story. We're going to look at the setting, we're going to look at the, the problem or the conflict, we're going to look at the solution, and then we're going to see the conclusion of this story. So, if you would, read with me one more time, out of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. On that day, 
When evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. This is Jesus speaking. He says, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, he, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? Well, let's start with the setting. I want you to see the setting in verses 35 through 37. We get the setting of this story. Now, in Mark, then Mark is writing this gospel and he's showing us, the reader, who Jesus is. And so the first eight chapters of Mark is answering this question, Who is the Messiah? Who is this promised one that we've been looking for throughout the whole Bible? And so here what we're seeing in the beginning of Mark is is an answer to this question. Who's this promised Savior who's coming? And so the setting of this story, Jesus has been teaching. He's been teaching parables all day long. He's on the side of the lake. And we see this. On that day when evening had come, Jesus says to his disciples, Hey, let's go across the lake, guys. Sounds like a fun thing to do if you've ever been on a lake at sunset. Beautiful, relaxing, right? It's like, hey, let's just go across the lake, guys. Y'all want to go? Let's go. Now, Jesus has a mission for why he wants to get to the other side of the lake. If you continue reading Mark, then you know that there's someone there that he wants to meet. There's something there that he wants to do. And, and that story is incredible. And, and he casts out these demons and the gospel spreads and all these things. But Jesus has a mission to get there. But he's not going to forfeit the journey. Now, students, here's a, here's a cool thing, right? You're on a mission to graduate from college. I know you just graduated. You're like, man, already again? He's, you're on a mission to graduate from college. Your parents, for sure, want you to do that. They don't want to keep paying for you. They want you to get out of the nest and be on your own. There's a goal at the end. But don't think for a minute that the journey is not going to be part of it. Jesus has a plan for the journey. And so he says, let's go across the lake to the other side. Now, what's cool here is this is the ultimate setup. I mean, think about this. This is Jesus, the Son of God, the all-knowing, omniscient being. He knows what's about to happen. He's not fooled by this. So he's setting up the disciples to put them in a circumstance where he can see what's really in their heart. He says, hey, let's go across the lake. Now, you guys are going to enroll in some classes, and you think your advisor is going to say, hey, you want to take this class? Sure, why not? And you think for just a moment that, oh, it's just a normal everyday decision. But God has a plan to teach you things all along the way. And so as we continue to see the setting, they get into the boat. They take him with them. There's nothing special going on. They take him just as he was. And there's other boats with him. Now look at verse 37. Verse 37 says, 
And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Can you see it? They're nice, calm, and then windstorm comes up. Now, in this region, these windstorms would have been huge. These would have been white-capping waves. Boats coming up, crashing down. And you see these disciples, they're looking around. They're trying to find anything that can bail water out of the boat. And can you just imagine them bailing water? They're trying to get the water out. They're trying to survive. All of a sudden, they're thinking, what lives in this water? I don't like the ocean because there's things that live in there that can eat you. Right? They're thinking, what's in here? Is Nessie down here? Like, they're thinking, we're going to die. And as they're bailing this water, they see Jesus. And this text tells us that Jesus is curled up on his cushion, snoozing. Like, this is hilarious. I tell the students all the time, like, if you, if you don't find the Bible interesting, if the Bible bore, is boring to you, it's because you're not reading it. This is hilarious. They're white-capping waves thinking they're going to die and Jesus is asleep. Now, he's either got something wrong with him and some sleep apnea or something going on. Or there's more to this story, right? There's something that Jesus is teaching them in this. Jesus is asleep. And we've been there before, right? You've made that decision and you thought, Jesus, I'm bailing water and we're still going down. I'm bailing water and I'm working the hardest I can and I'm still sinking. I'm going to die. And you've looked around and you've been like, God, where are you? Jesus, where are you? Are you asleep? Do you not care? And we see that Jesus is just snoozing in the boat. So let's look next at this conflict. We see the conflict here in verse 38. That as they see Jesus snoozing in the boat, they say to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? See, some might see the conflict here as the storm. But the disciples see here the conflict is is that Jesus is there and he's doing nothing. Jesus, at least pick up a bucket and help us bail water, right? Jesus, do you not care that we're dying? Jesus, do you not care that, that we're literally about to lose everything? We thought this was just a normal decision. We thought we were just going across the lake. And now... Something has happened that has caused everything to hang in the balance. Guess what, students? You're going to be there. That's going to come in your life. Some of you in this room, you've been through that. Some of you in this room are walking through that right now. And you're thinking, God, do you not care? You see, when storms come up in our life, it often makes us wonder about God's love for us. But think about the irony of this. It wasn't that God had abandoned them. He's with them in the storm. It wasn't like he sent them across the lake and said, hey, I'm going to stay here. No, he said, let's go across. He's with them in the midst of the storm. And so, again, we have to ask ourselves, why is Jesus doing this? 
why would Jesus lead them into a storm? You see, a lot of us, if, if we had a professor, if we had someone in life that said, hey, uh, if, if you get easily offended, if you're not strong-willed, then uh, don't take this path. Many of us wouldn't. Many of us would choose the path of least resistance. And many of us think that if we walk with God, then we won't face trials and storms. But this story tells us that Jesus leads them into a storm. Jesus takes them into the storm because he knows that it's best for them. Now that'll mess up our theology a little bit. That'll mess up our idea of thinking, well, if I do everything right and walk with God, nothing bad will ever happen. No, Jesus says, let me lead you into the storm. But the conflict is that the disciples begin to question God's love and care for them in the storm rather than turning to him in the storm. And so we see the solution to this conflict. If you look with me in verse 39. As the disciples wake up Jesus and say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They wake him up and Jesus does something. It says, and he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. The solution to their storm was asleep in the boat with them, waiting for them to ask. I love in Chronicles of Narnia, then there's a, a little exchange that goes on and, and they're, they're talking there and, and it, he says like, um, Basically, they say, do you not think that Aslan could have provided this for us? And he's like, oh, yeah, he could, but he must be asked. You see, Jesus is sitting in the boat with them. He's asleep in the boat, but he doesn't act until they appeal to him. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then you see the God of the universe in three words, every circumstance of their situation changes. Did you notice that? That in three words, Jesus says, peace, be still. And immediately the wind ceases and the sea becomes calm. In these three words, everything changes. The disciples are fatigued. It's at the end of their fatigue that they cry out in desperation. And they say, And Jesus calms the storm. Now, I love looking at this passage because it's just so... Can you imagine? This isn't the first time that the wind and sea has ever heard this voice, right? This isn't the first time that that God has ever spoken to the wind and the sea. Remember, He created them. He spoke them into existence. So it's no small thing for Him to say, Peace, be still. And they listen. Now for you and I, that's like, what? Can you imagine the disciples? They're sitting in the boat with him. They're they're wore out. They're breathing heavy. They've been bailing all this stuff out. They think they're going to die. And he says three words. Jesus says three words. And everything changes. See, I think a lot of times we spend so much of our time trying to do it on our own. We spend so much of our time trying to get ourselves out of these circumstances. We spend so much of our time and energy wasted 
when if they would have just gone to Jesus in three little words, everything changed. But I'd propose to you that that's not the biggest conflict in this story. Look with me again at verse 39. Jesus sees a bigger problem than the wind and the waves that the disciples saw. In verse 39, he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Jesus wasn't even concerned about the wind and the waves. Those were just circumstances which revealed the heart of the disciples. That wasn't Jesus' biggest concern. That was only the means in which he was going to show them what lied beneath. So I ask you the question, is your concern more with the temporal things, with your temporal circumstances around? Or is it with the heart that fears rather than trusts? See, Jesus said, why are you afraid? His first question there reveals their heart. There is fear in their heart. And the second question shows the solution to the problem. Do you still have no faith? You see, if we'll, if we'll take just a minute and think about this, then if we truly trust in the God of the universe... If we truly believe that he is the sovereign God of the universe and that at his spoken word, things happen. Then what in life could ever happen to us that would make us fearful? If God can speak things into existence and then whatever circumstances are surrounding you, he can speak into that and calm the storm. Why are we afraid? Now, we saw in this, the disciples are fearing for their life. You and I are like, yeah. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. Even the fear of dying. Why are you afraid? Have I not told you that I went to prepare a place for you? Have I not told you these things were true? Have I not taken away the sting of death? Why are you afraid? You see, whatever circumstance causes you to fear, at the heart of that, there's a lack of faith. Now think about that a minute. Whatever circumstance causes you to fear, at the heart of it, is a lack of faith. Now that'll, that'll turn our world upside down. Some of you, I know what's going on in your life. Students, you have no clue what you're about to walk into. But at the heart of fear is a lack of faith. See, fear and faith are like light and dark. They can't both coexist. Where faith is, it casts out fear. And where fear is, it shows that there is a lack of faith. They don't both exist. And so Jesus says, your fear reveals your lack of faith. And so I ask you, why do you have so little faith? The challenge for you this morning, students, is that you're going to face some storms. There's going to be some things that are going to come up in your life and you are just thinking, what have I done to deserve this? But let me just remind you that Jesus led his disciples into the storm. 
Jesus purposefully took them there because he cared about the heart rather than about their convenience. He wanted to teach them something. And so students, you will walk into storms in this next journey. Just think, Jesus says, hey, Chris, let's jump in a boat. Hey, Mason, let's jump in a boat. He says, hey, come on, let's go for a journey. Because I'm going to lead you through some things that you're going to go, but God, I'm dying. And I'm going to say, I'm right here. Why are you afraid? Have faith. God leads us into situations that will test us and reveal the character of our heart in order that we would know him and the promised Savior in whom we can trust. You're going to face storms rather than fear. Have faith. Let me pray for us. Lord, it's so easy for us to fear. Seems like a a natural reaction for most of us. It's this emotion that comes up when we're not in control. God, but this passage speaks directly to that. Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Lord, would you teach us to trust in you? God, would you lead us through storms in order that we would trust you more? Lord, do that in these students as they set out on this journey. Help them to remember that you're with them in the boat. All they have to do is ask. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.